Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with God's hand upon Jacob as we pick up in Genesis chapter 29, verse 1. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. Then Jacob went on his journey. He came to the land of the people of the east, and he looked. Behold, there was a well in the field, and there were three flocks of sheep lying by it. For out of the well they watered the flocks, and a great stone was upon the well's mouth. And all of the flocks were gathered together here, and they rolled the stone from the well's mouth and watered the sheep and put the stone again on the well's mouth in this place. And Jacob said unto the young people that were there, My brothers, where do you come from? And they said, We're from Haran. And he said unto them, Do you know Laban, the son of Nahor? And they said, Sure, we know him. And he said unto them, Is he well? And they said, sure. And look, Rachel, his daughter, is coming with the sheep. So God had his hand upon Jacob, had guided him to the place of Haran. And actually, at that very moment, Rachel, his cousin, was coming with her father's sheep. Now, this well had this big rock over it. And they would gather at the well to water their sheep. Well, here it was in the early afternoon, and these people were already there. But the rock was so big, evidently it took a lot of them to move the rock. And so they'd have to wait till the whole group came. But yet they had sort of a process where first come, first serve. And so they'd come early and just sort of lie around and let their sheep lie there while they were waiting to get enough people to move the rock so that they could water it. And then they would wait until all the flocks that were gathered in turn and each one being watered, and then they would roll the rock back over the well. So Jacob is talking to them, perhaps cannot understand why they'd just be there so early or or being sort of lazy, really, in their job of watching their sheep. And uh, is talking to them, where are you from? We're from Haran, do you know Laban? Yeah, we know him. In fact, there comes his daughter right now. And he said, hey, it's, it's, high, it's still early afternoon, really, about noontime. It's yet high day. Neither is it time that the cattle should be gathered together. Water the sheep and then go out and feed them. Hey, you shouldn't be just sitting around here at this time of the day. Go ahead and water your sheep and then take them out to the pasture, you know. It's too early to have them just standing around here. And they said, we cannot until all the the flocks are gathered together and they roll the stone from the well's mouth and then we water the sheep. And while he was yet talking with them, Rachel came with her father's sheep, for she kept them. And it came to pass when Jacob saw Rachel, the daughter of Laban, his mother's brother, and the sheep of Laban, his mother's brother, that Jacob went near and rolled the stone from the well's mouth and watered the flock of Laban, his mother's brother, probably just showing off a little bit his strength. You know, it took a whole group of them to roll that stone back, but when you've got incentive, uh, <laughs> it's amazing what you can do. And so uh, uh, Jacob went up by himself and rolled the stone back. Then Jacob, overcome with emotion, kissed Rachel and lifted up her voice and wept. She probably thought, who in the world is this, you know? 
uh, he is doing these marvelous feats of strength, now kissing me and crying. And Jacob told Rachel that he was her father's brother. He was Rebekah's son. And she ran and told her father. And it came to pass when Laban heard the tidings of Jacob, his sister's son, that he ran to meet him and embraced him and kissed him and brought him to his house. And he told Laban all these things. And Laban said unto him, Surely thou art my bone and my flesh. And he abode with him for the space of a month. And Laban said to Jacob, Because you are my brother, should you serve me for nothing? Tell me, what should your wages be? Notice Laban is allowing Jacob to set his own wages. And Laban had two daughters. The name of the elder was Leah. The name of the younger was Rachel. And Leah was tender-eyed. Some believe that that means she was blue-eyed. Her eyes were not the real deep, dark brown, which were considered the strong, stronger eyes. But Rachel was beautiful and well-favored. And Jacob loved Rachel, sort of a love at first sight. And he said, I will serve thee seven years for Rachel, thy younger daughter. Now it was a custom in those days for a man to pay a dowry for a wife. And in those cultures today, it is still a cultural thing to pay a dowry. Now what a dowry actually amounts to is alimony in advance. In case you're not treating your wife right and she has to leave you, rather than being destitute, the, the dowry is to be saved for the wife. It's actually for her and for her future. In case you put her away, in case you divorce her, she has enough to get along on. The dowry was then used for that. It was actually alimony in advance, and it was the responsibility of the father to keep that for the wife for the future. In case something didn't work out in the marriage, it was then to take care of her and to provide for her. Now, Jacob didn't, he, he came off from home with nothing. All he had was his walking stick. So he had no dowry. But he was so in love with Rachel, he was willing to become a slave for seven years in order that his seven years of service might become a dowry. Now, in reality, in those seven years that he served Laban for Rachel, because God so blessed Jacob and Jacob's service that Laban was increased with wealth and goods, that which came to Laban by Jacob's service should have been set aside as the dowry for the daughter. But Jacob didn't do that. I mean, Laban didn't do that. He just, you know, used it for himself and, and did not really set up a true dowry for his daughters. And so Jacob made the deal, I'll serve you seven years, for your younger daughter, Rachel, and Laban said, It is better that I give her to you than I should give her to another man. Go ahead and abide with me. And Jacob served for seven years for Rachel, and they seemed unto him just like a few days because he had such great love for her. 
And Jacob said to Laban, Give me my wife, for my days are fulfilled, that I may go in unto her. Now, he had served the seven years, but Laban still just didn't turn her over. I mean, Jacob had to ask for her. And Laban gathered together all the men of the place, and he made a great feast, because actually they would celebrate for about seven days. The wedding feast would, would last that long. They'd gather together and have big feasting and big parties and all. And so it came to pass in the evening, it was dark, he took Leah, his daughter, and of course they were heavily veiled, and he brought her to him, and he went un unto her. And Laban gave unto his daughter Leah Zilpah, his maid, for a handmaid. And it came to pass in the morning, when Jacob saw his new bride, that it was Leah. And he said to Laban, what have you done to me? I served you for Rachel. Why have you beguiled me? And Laban said, It's the custom of the country that we're not to give the younger before the firstborn. So fulfill her week. In other words, the week wedding thing, go ahead and serve, you know, fulfill her week, sort of the honeymoon. And then I'll give you the other daughter, and you will serve me yet another seven years. Now, I am certain that in this, Jacob could not help but remember the deception that he had pulled upon his dad, disguising as his brother. As a man soweth, so shall he also reap. And this is a classic example. He had disguised himself as his brother, had deceived his father, had gone in and received the blessing. And now the old switcheroo is pulled on him. And his father-in-law does much the same for him. He serves for seven years, create a dowry, and the old man switches daughters. A lot of questions are unanswered. Where was Rachel? You know, I wonder if they had to whisk her away by force. And what was Leah's mental attitude in this whole thing? I mean, surely she knew that in the morning when he wakes up and sees that it's me. You know, it must have been tough on her as he made love to her that night, realizing that he was thinking that he was making love to her younger sister and all, and it wasn't easy, I wouldn't suppose, for this whole situation, and, and no doubt created a lot of tensions for the time. But Jacob was a good sport through it all. <laughs> I mean, that you have to confess, you know. What would you have done? You know, had a switcheroo been pulled on you like that? And it could be that it was because of his own past that he was such a good sport and so understanding about the whole thing. But the old man just... Now, if that were the custom, then Laban should have told him the custom back at the beginning of the seven years. He should have said, well, that's fine, son, but we've got a custom here. But he's figuring to, you know, to squeeze out from Jacob everything he can.
Now, Jacob is a good sport in that he goes on to serve another seven years for Rachel so that Leah would not feel less in his eyes. In other words, had he been making the deal for Leah in the beginning, he probably wouldn't have said seven years because he, he really wasn't interested in her. But Jacob consenting to go on for another seven years, and there isn't really too much about Jacob's explosion or anger or anything else, but he's, he, he's pretty even and cool through the whole thing, much more than I think I would be under the similar circumstances. So Jacob went along with it, spent the honeymoon with her, and then he gave him Rachel, his daughter, as a wife also. In other words, he didn't have to wait a full seven years to get Rachel. He received Rachel the next week, but still he then was obligated to serve another seven years to form her dowry. And Rachel gave his daughter Bilhah, his handmaid, to be her maid. And he went in also to Rachel, and he loved Rachel more than Leah and served yet another seven years. Now, here we find the case of polygamy, but even as we read of it, we see the difficulties that exist in a polygamous relationship as there begin to develop jealousies and rivalries and so forth among the wives. Several years ago in a sociology class at Orange Coast College, the professor of the class asked if we could see any advantage to polygamy. And of course, I was an older student in the class. Most of them were young and unmarried. And, and they couldn't see any advantages in polygamy. But I raised my hand and said, well, I can see some advantages in polygamy. I mean, I, I actually can foresee. There, there could be some advantages in polygamy. You marry a wife that's a real sharp uh, secretary. You send her out to make the living. And, uh, you know, you get enough of them working, you can just kick back and just enjoy it. But though I can see some advantages or possible advantages to polygamy, I can also see enough disadvantages that I would be discouraged from ever trying to have such a relationship. And so we find that uh, here there is really no strong biblical injunction against it. It was something that was accepted in that culture at that time. And of course, it came to its maximum under Solomon. But by the time we come to the New Testament and the purposes of God are more clearly defined, when the church is developed, polygamy is definitely prohibited. And those who were to be the overseers of the church were to be husbands of one wife and keeping their homes. And this was still in a time in which mistresses and courtesans and so forth were widely accepted in the Grecian culture and in the Roman culture. So 
problems did develop, jealousies and all. Rachel, whom he loved more than Leah, and even in that you have a difficult situation. That's, that's going to create hurt feelings. That's going to create difficult living. But Rachel was barren. But Leah conceived, and she bore a son, and she called his name, Look, a son. <laughs> For she said, the Lord has looked upon my affliction. He, he sees that he doesn't love me so much as he loves my sister. So look, a son. Now, therefore, my husband will love me. Isn't that rather pathetic? She senses a lack of love from Jacob, and she's hoping now that I've borne him a son, now will he love me. And reaching out for love, as I say, this is just the tragic byproduct of this polygamous relationship. And she conceived again and bore another son, and she said, because the Lord has heard that I was hated, and that word hated should not be taken literally, I was loved less. He didn't really hate her, but he didn't love her as much as he loved Rachel. He hath therefore given me this son. And so she called his name Hearing, which the Lord has heard me. So she called his name, I've been heard, or Hearing. She conceived again, bore another son, and said, Now this time will my husband be joined to me, because I have had three sons for him. And so she called his name Joined. And she conceived again and bear a son. And she said, Now will I praise the Lord. Therefore she called his name Praise, and she left off bearing. So the names of the boys were actually indicative of, of her desires to be accepted, to be loved, and uh, they probably were born within a year of each other. Now when Rachel saw that she could not bear Jacob children, Rachel envied her sister, and she said to Jacob, Give me children or else I'm going to die. And Jacob was angry with her, and he said, Am I in God's place who hath withheld thee from the fruit of the womb? So here's some hard feelings and harsh words between husband and wife. Because Rachel feels the disgrace of not being able to bear children. And so she said, Behold my maid Bilhah, go into her, and she shall bear upon my knees that I may have children by her. And so she gave him Bilhah, her handmaid, as a wife, and Jacob went into her, and Bilhah conceived, and bare Jacob a son. And Rachel said, God hath judged me. And so she called his name Judge, Dan. Daniel means God is judge. But she called him Dan because she said, God has judged me. And Bilhah, Rachel's maid, conceived again. Now these could have been coinciding. These, these boys could be being born at the same time that Leah was having her sons. She conceived again, bare Jacob a second son, and Rachel said, With great wrestlings have I wrestled with my sister. 
And now I have prevailed, and so she called his name Wrestler. And Leah saw that she had finished bearing or left off bearing, and so she took Zilpah, her maid, and gave her to Jacob as his wife. <laughs> it's competition. You have to <laughs> admit that he was a very virile man. And Zilpah, Leah's maid, bare Jacob a son. And Leah said, A troop cometh, and she called his name Gad. Now, that may be an unfortunate translation. There are those who believe that it should not be translated a troop. But I forget what it's supposed to be translated, so you can look that up. And Zilpah, Leah's maid, bore Jacob a second son, and Leah said, Happy am I, for all the daughters will call me blessed, and so she called his name Happy. And Reuben went in the days of the wheat harvest. Now, Reuben was probably only about seven years old at this time, but he was the oldest son. return with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of Genesis on our next broadcast as Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible. And we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Genesis 29 through 30 when visiting the wordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's the wordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD. And our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is The Word for Today, P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of the Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. May the Lord bless and keep you in the love of Jesus Christ. And may the Lord work in your life this week in a special way. And may you experience God's hand upon your life as he trains, as he teaches, as he develops his work of love and grace within your life, as he prepares you for the future. May the Lord strengthen you and cause your life to be a witness for him. In Jesus' name. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. Lately, social media and our newscasters are predicting that worldwide calamity is right around the corner. In fact, so-called experts are saying we don't have much time left on the planet. Can we really believe this? Maybe they're just trying to scare us. Everybody seems to be asking the question, what is the world coming to? But as Christians, we don't need to be anxious because the answer is found in the book of Revelation. The Word for Today encourages our radio listeners to pick up a copy of Pastor Chuck's commentary on the book of Revelation entitled, What the World is Coming to. 
Known for his simple teaching of the scriptures, Pastor Chuck's commentary will help every reader understand what God's plan is for the human race. Not only will this book educate you about the future, it's an excellent resource to equip you to give an answer to those who don't recognize God's coming judgment. To order your copy of What the World's Coming To by Chuck Smith in print or in digital format, please call 1-800-272-9673. Or you can order this book online at thewordfortoday.org.